0: Hello and welcome to Sunday messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer.
1: Gwen Gates is uh, is going to share what Fairmount Friends has meant to her as she's been attending now for a couple of years. Have you for a year? um that she's been here and um and just share a little bit about um, your experience here at the church
2: hi um yeah like brock said i've been coming to fairmont for about a year now and you might have seen me downstairs with some of the kids every once in a while um and right from the start i knew fairmont was a really special church growing up the church that i went to was very like You go in, you sit down, and then you kind of sprint out, and there wasn't a lot of community. um, And that was just something that I'd never really experienced in my church life, and something that Fairmount has taught me a lot about is what the church really should look like, and the way that you guys build one another up and take care of each other and love on each other has been really encouraging and uplifting to see, um, especially as a college student, and the way that you welcome all of us students into your lunches and just inviting us into conversation is really special as well because I've also been to some churches that just kind of like no one really talks to each other (laughs) um but yeah so I just wanted to thank you guys for pouring into us especially Brock and Alyssa for pouring into us through small group and just prayer and I want to thank you guys for making this church just a special place
1: that's awesome hang on a second So so Gwen um, meets with Alyssa, and there's about a half dozen girls um, that they do a discipleship group together, and I've got a handful of guys that we meet every week on Thursdays and um, that we're going through some things of life together, Um, but as they're learning about different things about how Jesus loves them and Jesus is walking through this season of life with you. They're also looking forward to the next season and looking at marriage and family and kids. And so we have a lot of those conversations. And Alyssa's actually started like premarital counseling before we even are engaged, right? Yeah, but looking and setting our sights there, it's better to learn about marriage now than like you're 10 years into it and you're like, geez, man, I wish I would have learned this stuff. Um, And so they're in that sort of stuff. Gwen has been a blessing in watching our kids and pouring into not just my kids personally, but into our children's ministry as well, and so it's been an absolute blessing for us to have you as part of our church family, so thank you. All right, we love you, girl. All right, here we go. We're going to move now into our interview that we've got with a couple students. I'm going to invite Pastor Andrew to join me, along with Adam and Jordan. If you guys can come on down as well, we're going to do our interview. Um, brother, you good? Yeah, man. So Adam, first question: How tall are you? <laughs> Six four. Yeah, with some long legs yeah. and some cowboy boots. Um, tell <laughs> us where where are you from? So I'm from uh,
3: Wichita, Kansas. Uh, I started. I'm a junior at Taylor right now, finance major, playing on the golf team. So yeah.
1: Yeah, right on. So, yeah, so this is one of our, he's been our golf coach back there, Coach Small. Um, <laughs> you think you could beat him?
3: We ha- might have to play sometime. No. I think I
1: could. <laughs> yeah. I know, he'd love that. He's always down for yeah. it. Um, so, so, from Kansas, Rock Chalk? No, go
3: Wichita State. Go Shockers. Uh, <laughs>
1: Wichita State. <laughs> Shockers? Yeah. That, that is a shocker. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, KU, a big chance at being the number one seed. What do you think? All uh, right not a big KU
3: fan, I'm more of a K-State fan, Wildcats. K-State, all right. Kind of boot KU, honestly.
1: <laughs> Kyle, what's up with that, man? All right, Jordan, Jordan, share who, who you are, where you're from, what are you studying?
4: Okay, so I'm Jordan, I'm from Janesville, Wisconsin, which is about five hours from here. I'm also
1: a junior, and I'm also studying finance. Right on, so Wisconsin, is that Go pack, Go?
4: Oh, it wasn't on, sorry. Everyone. All right, try that whole thing again. <laughs> okay. I'm Jordan Dutcher, I'm a junior, I'm also studying finance, and I'm from Janesville, Wisconsin, which is like five hours from here.
1: Yeah, and we're Packer fans?
4: Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? Not much. Not much? (laughs) Man, I love it actually, That's, that's interesting. All right, so you guys, during J-Term, and I'll just kind of define what J-Term is a little bit, it's the month of January. Taylor has the opportunity to either take the, the month off or, or hang out at school and take A class, or they can go um, on a mission trip and they, uh, they get to see the world. They, can, they, can, they have options during J-Term. And so you guys had J-Term, and you took the option of going and ministering the gospel. Um, across the across the globe so where is it that you guys decided to go and I'll start here first with you Adam um, where'd you go how long were you there and why specifically did you feel like God was calling you to that location
3: yeah so I went to uh, Southeast Asia for just a little over three weeks in January I felt called there because I, I first heard about the trip and when I was a freshman here at Taylor upperclassman went on it and he told me about it and it kinda stuck close to my heart so when I saw the opportunity, I kind of just jumped at it and didn't think twice and signed up and just went with it, kind of took a leap of faith. Yeah,
1: that's awesome, man. Jordan.
4: Yeah, so I went to Hawaii for about 20 days. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like, oh, God it was calling me to go there. But um, in January, a year ago, my grandma passed away, and that was like the number one place she always wanted to go was go to Hawaii. So when I saw the opportunity, I just felt like it was right and it was fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's good.
0: Well, it's something that I know that we really emphasize here with Fairmount Friends is just to not to be a Sunday attendance church, right, but is to be going to our community, going to the nations. And so y'all, as y'all were doing that, could you tell us about, as you went to Southeast Asia and Hawaii, tell us about the people, the place, maybe say, you know, a story or two about your experiences there.
3: Yeah, so I went out to, uh, I went, we went to these villages in uh, Southeast Asia on these islands, these like poor fishing villages. Very, didn't have running water, they didn't have silverware tables sit on, no, like, you shower with buckets of water. Very poor, but their culture was so collective, they welcomed us over arms, gave us what little they had, type deal, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, how does that make you feel whenever they don't have much, and yet whatever they have, they're willing to give to you? It's,
3: It's awesome to see, it's awesome to be a part of. It's something, like, everyone should do at one point in their
1: life, yeah. Yeah, and I would encourage any young families, if you're able to get your kids on a missions field, that the biggest thing that has shifted and, and shaped me is to see how they live with very little, yet with so much joy, um, and what they're willing to give away. I mean, my kids have so much, yet they fight over it. No, I'm not going to share this with you. And the other people that have very little are willing just to give as much as possible, which always wrecks my heart. Jordan.
4: Um, so <laughs> something that so we just hung out with a lot of native Hawaiians, and something that they wanted to make sure that we brought back to the mainland was that they don't live in grass huts. They were really <laughs> concerned that like everyone thought that just Hawaiians lived in grass huts, but they live in actual houses. Um, we did have running water. Um, it was yeah, it was really special just hanging out with them. Um, they I don't know. It was decently similar to the mainland. Um, they were also just super welcoming, super loving. Um, right away when we walked up, so we worked with a group called Men of and we went over to the establishment, and like first time we walked up, everyone was just smiling faces at us, welcome, 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 instantly calling us Ohana, their family, calling us, um, what was it, cuz, which is basically just like a very like endearing term. Um, Yeah, just super, super welcoming, gave us everything, provided meals for us. Yeah, it was awesome. We also did, well, (laughs) we didn't do it. They, like, taught us this. Um, It's pretty intimate, but it's a certain greeting, and I think we had a couple to demonstrate it.
1: Oh, we got a couple that are going to demonstrate this. (laughs) All right. Um, A very special greeting um, and a very intimate greeting. Is that correct? Well, when I think of special, I think of intimate. There's only one couple that stands out in my mind. That's John and Carol Starkey. John and Carol, can you guys come down here and join us, all right? Come on down, and and Jordan is going to tell you guys how to give each other a very special and intimate greeting with each other, all right? Yeah, well, I think you need to be way up here so we can see you, all right.
4: So basically with this greeting, it's you're sharing one breath, and Um, Like, we saw two men do it, it's just like to greet each other, to welcome each other. (laughs) So, basically, what you're going to (laughs) do, you're going to have, your foreheads are going to be touching and your nose are going to be touching, and what you're going to do is you're going to breathe in together and then breathe out, and that's sharing one breath. So, you can go ahead and touch, yeah, nose and forehead touching. (laughs) 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 And then do you breathe in together. And breathe out together. And that's sharing one breath. That's right.
1: That was hot. <laughs> John, good boy. You kept your hands in the right places too. I told him you better watch your hands up here, man. We're Quakers. We don't do that stuff. Alright. So so sharing of one breath. So there's kind of this idea of, man, we want to dwell together, we live together. Many in many languages, breath is the same word for life, so we're sharing not just breath, but we're sharing life together, right? And so whenever you guys walked in there, it just felt like a sense of community, yeah. family, we're in this thing together. Um, that's powerful. How many of y'all think that our greeters should do that next week? <laughs> yeah, all right, one. That's a Taylor kid, of course, yeah. All right on, man. He's like, man, I was under the LTC for so long, I wasn't able to even look at a girl, man, let alone like touch her forehead. Um, yeah, that's good. So let's dive in a little bit deeper. So we know where we went. We kind of know what the people were like. What was specifically some of the ministry? Whenever you go in, and you're trying to connect with these people. You're trying to present Jesus. What's some ministry that you guys would do?
3: Yeah. So the place we went, it was considered unreached people group. So 99% of them were all Muslims. So and in the country, we weren't allowed to evangelize directly. So we couldn't share the gospel. We had to do it in in a different way. So we would mainly we would eat dinner with them, like so we'd stay three nights with them, eat dinner, like hang out with their kids, and just build relationships with them, ask good questions that would lead to deeper thought thinking about like sin and stuff like that, and just kind of sharing the gospel through different, different ways that had, I've never done before, and definitely was impactful, and we also uh, did work projects on these islands, taught English to the kids, and just, yeah, played a lot of sports, volleyball, soccer, and just Just planted seeds for future people to kind of keep breaking down walls and breaking down chains.
1: Yeah, so what you're saying is in a very um, just simply living amongst the people, you're able to bring Jesus in a lot of ways. Sometimes we think that we've got to be Billy Graham or we've got to be like a William Carey on the mission field and be some sort of like superhero missionary. When many times it can look like everyday life of diving in and kicking a soccer ball and eating a meal together and just presenting Jesus um, along the way, like that, um, Adam, you've got a really good smile. Jordan, Jordan, do you like Adam's smile? Do you like it a lot? It's great. Yeah. It's great. It's great. She she just smacked you on the shoulder. <laughs> that was like a friend zone hug right there. Um, so, Jordan, tell us a little bit about the ministry that you were doing.
4: Okay, so like I briefly mentioned earlier, we worked a lot with the men of Pa'a, which is basically, um, there's a group of men who have been in prison, and then once they go into recovery, and then they can join the men of Pa'a. A Um, a lot of the guys we talked with, so that's Iopa that you see, he's the leader of the men of Pa'a. He's awesome. Um, And we went out and we worked on their farm, which was really awesome, really challenging, it was super hot. But... um, it was really awesome, and we're just working side by side with these men, and we didn't know that they were felons, and there's this one guy we were working with, and he was just talking to us, and he has, like, these big tattoos on his forearms. So he was like, yeah, I got them in prison, and we're like, oh, we didn't know you went to prison, and he was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm an 11-time felon, and we're like, <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome.
1: Oh, cool. <laughs> oh.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's the facility that we went to that was like the farm that was lunch before we started working um but yeah and like these tattoos it was like restored and renewed on both of his arms and he was like yeah well, like when I was in prison for the fourth time I think it was that's when he found Christ and we we're just talking about that and a lot of the men are saved but there are some who weren't and it was also really interesting because any time before we walked into a forest or um, any of the lava rock like right there you can see uh, we would pray and it was always in Hawaiian so we didn't necessarily know exactly what it was but they would also always sing the doxology in Hawaiian which was really awesome uh, but there was one specific story and this man named Carlos we were actually there and we were walking around and he was talking about Ladies Night Out, which is something that the men of Pa lead, and it's for any women, they can come, and they'll get like foot massages, hand massages, all this stuff, and we were kind of making fun of them, we're like, man, you have to do that for four hours. Like, that must be so exhausting. Like, do you enjoy it? And he was like, yeah, it's probably my favorite thing that we do as men of Pa." and we're like, why? And he was just saying it was a way to reconcile with women that he's hurt in the past, and I thought that was really interesting of like, These men have, and like they were telling us too, like they have really messed up in their lives and hurt a lot of people, but they're still able to restore those relationships by moving forward and by taking care of the future. And um, I don't know, this really displayed like God's redemptive love and what that looks like. Um, So a lot of what we were doing, we were just having conversations, working on the farm and building those relationships, because it's only the second year that Taylor has gone there. Um, so, yeah, we did that
0: a lot. Mm, that's good. That's awesome. Well, and something significant that, that matters about missions and going on trips is just the realities of we're going into something new and something different. Maybe we've had some preparation put in, or maybe you know we've got people who've gone before who have told us what it's like, and yet there's something different about going and experiencing. right? So whether that's going to a... a professional game of some sort and experience that's just different than watching it on TV. If it's going to a community event versus just seeing the pictures after the fact, or if it's going on a missions trip, it's just different. And so often when we go in, I think many times we go in with this thought of like, I'm going to go in and we're going to, you know, dig a well, or we're going to go in and we're going to love on people. We're going to go in and do this thing in this place for these people. And oftentimes what actually happens is we end up being the ones that are impacted the most. And so could each of you speak to how did God change you as you spent time over there? As well as then what was just something completely unexpected? Either that was just fun, cool, and exciting, or it was just something that God did that made a difference in you. So like uh, just
3: walking through the villages, like none of these people are Christians. They don't pray to God, but you can see God working in so many different ways. Just either talking to people and just you can just see it working so many different ways. So through how their village works, how they lead the village, how they love on each other, you can see it working, which has really impacted me about how they have so little and God still loves them. How they don't, God doesn't. Even, they don't even worship God, but they still love Him. He's still present in that area. So just praying throughout the village was very impactful. Also, we, I didn't have my phone because we had no cell service. So for a month without my phone, just kind of got to disconnect from the from the world I'm used to and just kind of got to. Grow closer to God in that way, like just reflecting on my life and reflecting on my my relationship with Jesus as Mm -hmm, well. mm -hmm. It's huge. And something I guess unexpected was just how collective the culture was. How much they treated us like family. They had so much energy. We had we danced a lot. Had a lot of fun with them, which was awesome. Yeah, that's good.
4: Yeah, I think something that God really worked in my heart was just the idea of generosity. And I feel like a couple years ago, God really put on my heart, you know, like loving God, loving others and what that actually looks like. Uh, But after spending time with the native Hawaiians, they just completely shifted my perspective, especially like that's even something that was surprising. One day we were talking about like, oh, like what are some stereotypes about like Hawaiians and what are some stereotypes about Americans? And we were just talking about that. And for Americans, they were saying like, oh, like you guys are lazy. You guys are all (laughs) obese and you don't love each other. And we're like, oh, okay, like, I don't know. That was kind of like a wake up call, I guess, a little bit of like, hmm, how am I living my life that others may think like this? Um, But they were saying like their perspective completely shifted after meeting us. But regardless of that, even when they had those stereotypes of like, oh, they're gonna come work at the farm, but they're gonna be super lazy. Like they're not gonna contribute anything. They're gonna be super rude. Whatever that may be, they still like, full on loved us. Mm. Even with those stereotypes, they kind of shoved that aside and like, you know what, we're just gonna love on them regardless. And I mean, we changed their mind of, you know, how Americans actually are, but still that idea of, wow, like you kind of thought that we were dirt, yet you still like gave us everything. You still welcomed us into your home. You still provided lunch for us. You still wanted to spend time with us regardless of all that. Um, And another thing that was super surprising was we, and this is a picture kind of after the fact, but they prefer, they performed a Hawaiian ritual, I guess. Um, it's called an emu, which is an underground oven. They don't always make their food like that, but yeah, that's a picture of it after we covered it, um, but it's only performed for first birthdays, graduations, weddings, and funerals, like big family gatherings, and again, instantly they were like, you guys are our Um, you guys are our family, like, we want to love you guys, so we're going to do this with you guys, and majority of people who lived in Hawaii have never experienced it because it is a native Hawaiian thing, so I think, like, God just really changed my perspective of what does it really look like to welcome people in and to love them, regardless of backgrounds or stereotypes, but just loving them because they are God's people.
0: Hmm. So good. Now, you say this is an oven. Does that mean that there was some food that was enjoyed out of it?
4: Oh yeah, it was, okay, it was kind of insane. Like we covered, so we dug a hole, it was like four feet deep and like about six feet wide. And then we covered it with twigs and then logs and then lava rocks and then set the whole thing on fire and then let it burn for a while. And then we covered it with pig butts and there was probably like a hundred, like there was so much. (laughs) There was like 100 people that it fed, and everyone went home with leftovers, and they said they would probably like feed them for the next couple of weeks. Wow. And then a bunch of veggies, too, but yeah, it was crazy.
0: Wow, that's wild. But they have, like, special sauce? Like, you know, everybody's got their own <laughs> secret barbecue sauce. Do they have anything of that?
4: They actually don't. They just okay. say it's fumes right. from the ground right. and from the soil and from God's good green earth. And that's the only seasoning or flavoring there was. That's awesome.
1: That's, that's pretty awesome. good. Now,
0: Adam, uh, some seasoning and flavor you've talked about is they had you prepare a dance? Yes.
3: Is yes, we, uh, our group of 12 had a short little dance we prepared. It was fun. We, we did it. So we had closing ceremony at, after every island. We'd stay at three islands. They had closing ceremony. So we'd perform it for them, and they would perform a dance. We'd dress up in their traditional clothing, which was uh, really fun.
1: Yeah, like, like that. <laughs> yeah, come on. And so you're you're gonna give us a little sample? No, I can't. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, sarong is what's it called? Sarong. Yeah. yeah, that is so wrong, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that looks good though. You look really good. Um, can we go back to the picture of the underground oven there, and I was seeing, Jake, your mind was just wondering, like, man, can I do this? How can I cook my next hog roast, you know, <laughs> underneath? Now, I've been around a lot of holes that have been dug that are about four by six, but it's not really good life-giving things coming out of those, those holes in the ground, um, but that one looks like it's not a, a funeral. That one looks like it's going to be a, a, a smorgasbord of good stuff. Um, Here's the last question, and make an appeal. Why should people at Fairmount Friends be thinking missionally? Why should they be thinking about other nations? Why should they be thinking about um, their neighbor? Why should they be thinking about being and living intentionally, um, trying to bring the gospel to other people?
3: Yeah, like three kind of things why you should go on a mission trip is like, gives you a better perspective on life, it makes you uh, more dependent on God, and kind of makes you less of a whiner and more of a worshipper for Him. So.
1: Holy cats! Okay, I got a future like pastor here because uh, like, I got three points, and here's a poem also. Um, <laughs> but man, that was good. So so it changes your perspective. It makes you dependent, and it changes you from being a worship from being a whiner to a worshipper. Yeah. Bro, who's your mentor? <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Air Jordan, what you got?
4: Um, So, I also agree with Adam. Like, it definitely gives you a completely different perspective. Like, for me, I've grown up in the same neighborhood my whole life, back home in Wisconsin, around the same people, super comfortable, uh, just kind of knew that way of life, knew all my friends' way of life. And then coming to Indiana, it's still the Midwest. It's, It's a little different, but not super different. So, going over to Hawaii and, like, spending time there and living there with some um, Native Hawaiians, just, it changes your perspective. Wherever you're going to go, that's new, different environment. Your perspective's going to be changed. You're going to be open to a new way of living, new way of life, and seeing how God can work through that also is super awesome. Uh, And something also that I think it's important to emphasize, my dad's super big on this. You can't go over and minister to people overseas if you're not looking into your backyard. If you're not caring for your neighbor, how can you go care for your neighbor that's across the world? Um, That was just a strong emphasis before we ever did any type of overseas missions. My dad always wanted to make sure like, are you caring for your neighbor next door? Because sometimes it's really easy to get caught up in the, oh, but like it would be so much fun to go overseas, which is true, and there's nothing wrong with that. But also remembering like your neighbor needs Jesus just as much as someone Mm -hmm. across the world. Um, Even if your neighbor has heard of Jesus, but they're still not accepting, like, that's even more like, just keep praying. Um, We even talked about, too, like, you don't need to get on an airplane if you could just go across the street. And you can also just invite your neighbor to church, which is awesome, because next week is bring a friend (laughs) to church. So that's awesome. Nicely done. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But... Yeah, like it is just still so important that um, this is a mission field. And whenever you leave the church, like, you know, as a church, when we're here, we're supposed to be building each other up and just worshiping God, loving God more. And when we leave this church building, that is our mission field. Your mission field is also just your backyard. It's going to the grocery store. It's going to school for your kids or whatever that may be. Um, <laughs> just wherever you are, that is a mission field. And when we live intentionally and when we are in tune with the spirit and just really loving God, those conversations are going to come up so easily. And you never know saying hi to someone at a grocery store or being nice to someone. They might be like, what are you doing? Like, that's so weird. And then, you know, that's a foot in the door. Um, but yeah, I think it's also just super important to emphasize like we can, we can do missionary work here. Yeah. You can do it in your backyard.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. Come on. Yeah. Come on, AC. That's good. I'll tell you, kids these days, just going to hell on a handbasket, aren't they? Oh, my gosh. Millennials and Gen Zers. This is pretty awesome stuff. And I'll tell you that this generation, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of God and they have got a revelation of who God is and that he wants them to live intentionally with their lives. We get one shot. We get one at bat, and man, we want to swing for the fence and make a as big of, of a splash as possible with our life, right? Um, and we've got several other Taylor students that are here. We've got students that are not just going only just to get a degree or for school. They're... they're like art majors and they're in bands and they're athletes and we've got golf team and we've got lacrosse and we've got football and soccer and cheerleading and volleyball and basketball on and on and on. I mean we've got kids that are being productive um, in the classroom, on the sports field, in their families, overseas, uh, showing up to worship here every Sunday. They're, they're in discipleship classes. Like this is, this is a generation that really wants to max out their lives. It's not a generation that only just wants to like, stare at TikTok or something. There really is this revelation that Jesus wants to use them in some mighty and powerful ways. I've heard some, some feedback from people in our church. And they said, we really like when the Taylor kids come. And preferably when they sit behind us because they sing really well. And I like to hear their voices coming in and, and hearing it. And also because they're too tall and I can't see over them. If they sit in front of me, um, but man, they're hungry. They're sitting in the front rows, and they come in and they uh, they want to they want to pursue after Jesus. And so, our church family, Taylor, we love you guys. It is an honor to worship alongside you and to really get a glimpse into the future of of some some people that love Jesus and are going to be leading um, in some powerful ways. Both of you guys are in finances. Uh, finance, that's your major, mm-hmm. right? Hoping for some good counsel as we move, <laughs> move into our, our future American economy. Hey, here's something I would love to, uh, to do. I would like to invite all of the Taylor students up here. If you're a Taylor student or even just a recent grad, come on up. Get all those TU representing. Yeah, Gray Bones, you know you're going to sneak in on this one. And I just want to, as a church family, just to pray. Over these guys, man, it's a joy to worship with you guys. This is pretty cool, huh? This is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Pastor Andrew, would you just pray pray a blessing upon our students here? Yeah, let's do it.
0: Jesus, as we get to worship and hear as you have gone way before us to these missions to these nations, to God, that we are pursuing after you. God, as we chase after where you lead, God, may we move even just from chasing to hosting. God, where is mm-hmm. it that your spirit is is at rest in us but not willing to just sit by and just wait? God, as these students are not at rest whatsoever, but are constantly seeking after homework or constantly seeking after trying to figure out what's next, or they're in class, or they're going to retreats and time away and trying to get home and spend time with family. God, there's always on the move. There's always things to fill the schedule, and that's an amazing opportunity. God, may they be so engrossed in you they don't get lost in just the kerfuffle of the next day in all the classes, and I got to do this and this and this and this. God, that they can just be and rest and enjoy and be present and to challenge one another, to seek after you. God, where is it that you are moving in them? God, there is a spirit at work on Taylor University's campus, and God, that it is moving, and that we don't just sit back and wave from over here. Amount, God, that we are engaged, that we are seeking, that we're asking questions, we're getting to know these students. So God, as they go back to their campus, as they go back, um, whether it's with weariness or they go back with just awareness, God, of where you're at, God, just that they seek and love you, number one. They take care of each other. God, thank you that we get to worship with them in this church family. God, do we love these students. God, help them know that that is present here and that it doesn't just stay in this room, but it goes. God, thank you for leading them to Taylor. Thank you for leading us here this morning. We love you, Lord. Bless these students. Amen. 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 So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.